Greetings, Christian Faith Baptist Church, disciples, saints of the Most High God. Welcome to another Bible study. And um, <clears throat> welcome back from, we had a short uh, break during Thanksgiving and I pray that uh, you had a good Thanksgiving. Again, whether you were traveling or you stayed at home, um, pray, pray that uh, your, your time together was a blessing that you um, ate plenty of food and then you exercise to work it off. Um, so again, welcome back and good to have you here tonight. Tonight we're starting a new study. Uh, we're going to the letter or the book of Galatians, um, another one of Paul's letters. As I mentioned um, before, we had studied first and second Corinthians, uh, Ephesians, Philippians, and then we shifted um, and went over to the Sermon on the Mount. So we're back uh, in Paul's letters, um, and we're in the letter of Galatians tonight. So um, before we begin, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for another night, another opportunity to serve you, uh, another opportunity to hear your word and our lives to be transformed by your word. Fill our, uh, our minds with, yes, increased knowledge, but also our hearts, Lord, a yielded spirit to you so that we can be in a place to know your word and then apply it to our lives and uh, live out the as children of the kingdom of God, um, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, Galatians chapter 1, and we will read 1 through 10, um, and also some, uh, I'm going to turn back to, in, in a moment, uh, Acts chapter 13, because that's a little bit of the background, so we'll do some background information on the letter to the Galatians and um, and but we'll start by reading verses 1 through 10. So can I have somebody read Galatians chapter 1? Oh before you even do that, like all of Paul's letters, um, they're relatively short. Uh, Galatians is six chapters and because of our time we'll be doing you know section by section but it's always good to read the entire letter um, so you can get a good feeling for the flow of the letter, the different themes, because there will be plenty of uh, themes that will be repeated and how they're divided out. So I encourage you to read the entire letter um, as we go forward. So can I get a volunteer to read uh, verses one through 10? I have it. Okay. This is the NIV version. Paul, an apostle sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. 
I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called mm -hmm. you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, mm -hmm. which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Amen. 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 Well, praise Amen. God. So it's a lot going on in the, in the letter to the Galatians. And uh, let's just start with some immediate reflections before we kind of dig in. Just in those first few verses, one through 10, what are some of your thoughts as you heard um, the scriptures read from that um, first 10 verses. Any thoughts? Any impressions? Paul is angry. <laughs> to, to say it lightly. Okay. Okay. Anybody else want to chime in? Disappointed. Okay. Anybody else? He wasn't so uh, angry, disappointed. He was not um, trying to win the approval of human beings, but of God, Paul. Amen. Yes, and we're we're actually going to uh, see that not only in this first chapter, but that will be a repeated theme um, in chapter two as well. So that's something to hold on to. Anybody else? Paul is saying he is an apostle, and it was not through men that he became an apostle. It was okay. through Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I'm not going to uh, rehearse what we have gone over before in terms of Paul's life, because a lot of you already know uh, Paul's background and how yes. he came to know the Lord, but that's an yes. important point there. Uh, we actually uh, delved into this in another one of our studies yes. uh, where Paul had to uh, over and over again talk about uh, who he was and his relationship uh, with this other church. Can anybody remember which church that was? You get, you get, five, bonus, you get five bonus points if you can remember. <laughs> Okay, it was <laughs> it was the letter uh, to uh, a lot so, more so in Second Corinthians, but also in First Corinthians, where over and over again he has to uh, uh, he was being challenged uh, as being an apostle in his relationship to them. So let's talk a little bit more about the background. So we have to go back to Acts, the book of Acts. Um, chapter 13 and following, and kind of just give you uh, some of the themes 
that he that were um, evident as Paul traveled through uh, Galatia, the region of Galatia. So you heard it in the letter. So he's writing to the churches of Galatia. So over and over again, I know I've said this before, that the early church, when you see a letter to the Ephesians, et cetera, these are not just to a one congregation. Often those were a letter, a letter that was circulated through the various house churches or wherever they were, were meeting. And so that's important for us to remember. So this is a, a letter to uh, the leadership and the various house church leaders um, as they are in um, and as he's writing to the church of Galatia. Uh, Paul visited the region of Galatia on his first missionary journey. Uh, you may recall that um, Paul's ministry uh, started out in Antioch, where they were first called Christians. And he started on his missionary journey. One of the places that he did stop was in uh, Galatia. So uh, the Galatia region. So all the churches that were spread out. And as we look at uh, the background, um, let's, let me go to verse, actually Acts chapter 14. So if you could turn to Acts chapter 14, that's where you're going to find a little bit more background. And even at the end of 13. So let me go back to the end of chapter 13, starting at verse 36. And this, that starts with the, what the principal gospel message is. So uh, go back to chapter 13, beginning at verse 36. Um, let me see. Actually, verse 36, 37, uh, following eight, the central part of Paul's message, and it should be the central part of our message is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is um, the turning point for our faith. For had not Jesus been raised from the dead, mm -hmm. we would not have life at all. And so this was critical for us to understand what Paul was preaching when he talked about the gospel. It was the resurrection of Jesus Christ, forgiveness of sins, through who? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. We are justified or declared righteous, righteous. as a result of who? Jesus. Jesus Christ. So the central core of our faith and our message is not a feeling. It's about what Christ has accomplished on the cross of Calvary, the resurrection from the dead. And by his, uh, we can go, I don't want to get too deep in that, but by, because of what he did, we have eternal life. So that's the message uh, Paul is preaching. So he, they leave from Antioch and they go to, this gets a little confusing. Um, unfortunately, I did not uh, pull up one of my, the maps so you can actually see. So I encourage you to, to uh, pull out your Bible map, map at some point. So there's Antioch, which is in Syria, and Antioch, which is in Galatia. So this, when we hear, if there's another mention of this, what's called Pisidian 
Antioch, that's in Galatia. So in chapter 14, some of the cities that are mentioned or the areas that are mentioned are Iconia uh, and Lystra and Derby. So that's kind of the, the city, the main cities that are part of uh, the Galatian churches. They still with me? And I'm trying yes. to give you a quick, a quick, a quick uh, background. Um, let, let me just go to 14 and I'll just kind of go first at Iconium. Great number of Jews and Gentiles believe. So great things are happening. And the reason why that's important is because of what we said earlier, uh, Paul is angry. So here's, here's how it started out. What happened? A great number of Jews and Greeks believe. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, there was opposition to the faith, but evidently in Iconium, there was a great outpouring and a great uh, uh, number of those that came to know the Lord. And how did they come to know the Lord? It was by the preaching of the gospel and the preaching of the gospel is I already mentioned is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So let me stop there. Is there anything else that is needed for salvation other than Jesus? No. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So that's that's a key point <laughs> as Paul is writing to the church of Galatia. So they came um, to be converted to the faith through Jesus Christ. So that was at um, Iconia. Mm -hmm. Next, he went on to Lystra and Derby, mm -hmm. And then Lystra and Derby. A, uh, starting at verse eight and following, uh, there's the healing of the lame man. So signs and wonders are being performed uh, to the point where <laughs> they thought that Paul and Barnabas were gods and they were ready to worship them and Paul and Barnabas said, no, 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 this is where this is through the grace and the power of the Lord. And also at the, sa the same area, Paul is stoned by the crowd mm -hmm. um, and he was dragged. Hear this. He, they were stoned by the crowd, dragged out of the city and left for dead. Mm -hmm. So when we when we sing a song like I have decided to follow Jesus, uh, no turning back. Think about that in terms of you know how how would Paul have been singing that song? And you can hear it, you can see it that no matter what, he continued to proclaim the good news. So that's a challenge to us. So there was great opposition, yet Paul continued to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Yes. That is also mm -hmm. important because um, somebody said earlier that um, Paul was not trying to please people. Mm -hmm. If he were trying to please people, he wouldn't have went through all this because there, there, there was perhaps an easier way. An easier way would have been just to water down, you know, what it means to be saved or not try to rock the boat. But did Paul compromise on the gospel? And I'll answer it for you. No, he did not. So in Lystra and Derby, 
in spite of the signs and wonders, um, there was agitators uh, that did not like what Paul was preaching, primarily the Jews um, that were, and they stoned him and left for dead. So verse 21 of chapter 14, uh, this is again in Derby. Uh, it says that their large number of disciples were one to the Lord. So that, and I give you all that background uh, just so that you know the power uh, and the outpouring of God into the church that was, a, or the church is, that were established in Galatia. Um, so now when you go back to read um, chapter one, and I believe it was Deacon Brown that said, uh, Paul was angry. Sure enough, angry. Why? <laughs> you mean to tell me, he said. It's a matter of life and death. Thank you. It's a matter of life and death. You mean to tell me, this is how you started out. You saw the power and the anointing and the working of God. What happened? And I have in my own notes, it's not written in the, the, the text, but he says to them, have y'all lost your minds? <laughs> well, he says it in, the, in how it's written there. It says, who has bewitched you? And in different translations, um, uh, I, I know uh, somebody may have the message, but I, I read it, but I can't remember what it says. So that's a little bit different uh, wording, but basically, you know, what, what's gotten into you? Mm. Have you ever been in that moment, that time, you know, know somebody who was on what we would say on fire for the Lord. They loved the Lord. They were following the Lord. Something happened. What happened to this church of Galatia? And we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go through uh, and it says here in the, the first uh, verses, Paul is astonished. Mm -hmm. um, actually, let me, let me back up because I was ready to jump into that. Let's go back to the first uh, three verses, one through three, because I don't want to go past the, the greeting part. The usual greeting that we'll find in Paul's letter, verses one through three, is grace and peace. peace. Grace and peace. So because of God's grace, which is his what? Unmerited favor. We have been brought into a relationship with the Lord. And because we have been brought into that relationship with the Lord, as Paul would say in Romans 5.1, we have now peace with God. So we've been justified by faith and we have peace with God. So we've been saved. We have peace or we have wholeness, we have shalom, uh, we have relationship with God, we've been wrecked, all those things are happening. All that is in those two words. So when you hear that expression, grace and peace, it's talking about what God has accomplished through Christ in us and how we are now walking in a reconciled, restored relationship with the Lord, grace and peace. 
from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's a, uh, a standard greeting that he uses and he opens that up, up front. Um, and then he talks a little bit more about Jesus. Um, he does not break out into to a song by saying, what do you think about Jesus? He's all right. He gives a little bit more detail than that. He says, Jesus. So what are some things that he says that Jesus accomplished Gave on the cross? For our sins. What's that? Gave himself for our sins. Stop right there. Amen. First, he gave. He willingly gave mm -hmm. himself. Now, we're in the season of Advent where we're really uh, preparing our hearts for uh, the coming of the Lord. And when we look at the coming of the Lord, why did he, came, why did he come? He came to give his life as a ransom. Let it not be mistaken. There is no other way, and I've said it several times, and the word says it, so it, it's already established. There is no other way of salvation. None. Because if there were another way of salvation, God was cruel to his son to put him through that. Amen. But because there was no other way, he was our substitute. He bore our sins. The death, the death that we deserve. So you want to talk about deserving something? The death that we deserve was placed on Christ. So he gave himself for our sins. It's serious. And we talk about what Christ did for us. You okay? Y'all okay out there? You with me? Amen. Okay, amen. Secondly, what else did he come to do? Gave himself for our sin. What else does it say there in the first three verses? Gave himself for our sins. Secondly, to he rescued us. Rescued yeah. us from this present age we could just stop right there yes and and give thanks to the lord Amen. because Amen. even in our prayer uh, before bible study there's a whole lot of evil stuff going on Amen. treachery Amen. injustice sin senseless sin. killing yes. in the schools mm. just sin I'll tell you. <laughs> just, just sin. Mm. And what was uh, what he delivered us from this present evil age means that it's just as valuable in this day and age as it was. Then. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. and, and probably, no. probably somebody would say even more so now because even more so. Yes, we are bombarded. Um, not that sin did not exist you know, before this present age, but now we get to see more and more and more of it on Amen. a daily basis, yes. the internet, media, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. I'm not saying that media and all that is evil. What I'm saying is it's a gateway for us to 
be exposed at how evil this world is, mm -hmm. but it also helps us to pray, Lord, let me be salt, let me be light, yes. so that others yes. can also be delivered mm. from this present evil age. Mm. So first, God gave, I mean, Jesus gave himself for our sins. He rescued us from this, from this present evil age. And finally, what else? It was all to the will of God. It's this was God's plan. Yes. And I kind of stated that already. That this this is God, this was God's plan. So when we think about worship and praise and honor and thinking about the goodness of the Lord, when did God come up with this plan? Was he reactive in any way and like, oh, I better do something? No. The Bible tells us that before the foundation of the world, God had a plan. So, so don't think that. God was reactive. He had a plan beforehand because he knew. And that's just a mystery. How did he know? And the foreknowledge of God, because he's God. Mm -hmm. I can't parse it out <laughs> because he's beyond our understanding. Yes. No. And that's, uh, let, me, let me also say this. That's one of the reasons that uh, I, I sometimes I avoid the, the book of Romans because that, that book is deep. So I said, let me go over to Galatians because that goes deep into foreknowledge and all that stuff of God, predestination. All I know is that God had a plan before the foundation of the world. He knew because he's God. And for some people, that's not enough, but I'm going to tell you, for me, that's that's more than enough. According to the will of our God and Father. So he begins with that greeting. Then he goes on to where I started to launch into. And that is, have you lost your mind? Who has bewitched you? Uh, can somebody read verses six? Read verse six again. I don't have it pulled up right now. Verse six. I am astonished there we go. that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Okay, let's, let's just stop there because there's two, uh, there's a couple of things I want to highlight there. Paul is astonished or marveled at the Galatians turning away because remember what we said back in 14, chapter 14, of the mighty acts of God in their region. So uh, they're without excuse. They have tasted of the glory, the power, the uh, move of God. And who was it that called him? It was Jesus uh, that called them. It was Jesus who called them, and we already talked about this, into the what? Grace of Christ. So you came, Galatian church, and to us as well, you came to know the Lord because A, he called you. Aren't you glad that God called you and came, gave himself from you, rescued you from sin because he had a plan? God has a plan for your life. 
You or anybody else, we may have a plan for our life, but God has a greater plan for our lives. And it is to be redeemed, rescued, and to live with him forever. So it's Jesus who called you into this grace. And then he goes on to say, um, and, and some other, uh, let me see, turning to a, and you, we can probably put in there quotation marks, a different gospel. What does he say about that? This different gospel. He gives a qualifier. It's no gospel at all. Okay. So if anybody, so they're calling this gospel, but it's not gospel at all. And we'll, this will be repeated again. And, and he goes into first, so for himself, if I, and that goes for pastor, evangelist, teacher, preacher, and he says here, or angel, that's why you need to know the word of God. Because if anybody comes along and, and wants to pervert the gospel of Christ, don't listen to them. That's why we're here in Bible study, to go line upon line, precept upon precept, to be challenged. And some wanted to pervert the gospel of Christ. They were the what called the agitators or the troublemakers. And anybody, as I mentioned, angels, Paul, doesn't matter who, who preaches a false gospel. So you can see here, what's the true gospel? We heard it already. The true gospel is grace. He gave himself, rescue. We have uh, been brought into relationship with the Lord. If anybody does speaks the false gospel, as it says, this different gospel, what's, what does he say next? Let him be what? Accursed. Cursed. Under God's curse. Think about it for a moment. Because normally, you know, we, we talk about being kind and not judging, not judging or condemning anybody. Well, Paul is serious here. You don't, you don't play with the truth of the gospel. Um, and he doesn't call it blasphemous, um, but let them be under God's curse for perverting the gospel. There are many false teaching, false prophets that if Paul were alive today, he would use these same words to those who are preaching a false gospel. Let them be accursed. Mm. Uh, I, don't, I didn't write mm. down the verse, but let God be true and any every man alive. God is the one who is mm. true. So the false gospel which versus the true gospel. And if, if you hear it, then what do you do? <laughs> Run away. Yeah. That is not the truth 
of the gospel. Mm -hmm. I think it was uh, uh, Sister Charlene mentioned uh, before verse 10, and he asked the question, am I trying to please men or God? So who was, who was Paul trying to please? He's trying to please God, because I mentioned earlier, if there was some other way um, for if there was some other other way or other means of salvation, uh, then what Paul is saying here is I could I could soft pedal it and make it more palatable, but that's not what I'm all about. I'm here to preach the truth of the gospel. Any questions on, on that earning feedback? Because this is this is kind of setting the stage for what is going to come next. Okay, we actually have uh, time. So I'm, I want us to go ahead and read um, verses 11 through. Someone could read 11 through the end of the chapter. Let's see, 11 through 24. So can someone read 11 through 24? But I make no go on. Okay. Um, this is from the NIV. I want you to know, brother and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. It was advancing in Judaism beyond many, beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. My immediate response was not to consult any human being. I did not go up to Jerusalem just to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia later, I returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God, that what I am writing to you is no lie. Then I went to Syria and uh, Cilicia. Yeah. It was, um, it, I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. Okay. 
So what we're having here in this next section, we won't really get through too much of it, um, but really what Paul is doing is one, restating some of his testimony. And as I mentioned, I won't go into uh, the detail because you can go back to Acts chapter nine and re-familiarize yourself with how Paul came to know the Lord. Um, but what he is making the, the argument here in this next section is from the very first couple of verses, let me go back to verse one. Paul, an apostle, not from man, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ. So that's he states that in the beginning. Then you go back down to verse 11. And he has to restate the same. Mm -hmm. uh, verse 11, for I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. Verse 12, for I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. And I just wanted to, to see the connection there. So Paul is stating his case. And so he's retelling uh, the story. So one, he received this gospel through a revelation of Jesus Christ. And so he's establishing um, his authority in terms of uh, his presenting or proclaiming the gospel as he is called the apostle to the Gentiles. So one, establishing his authority and where he got this authority from. It was direct from a primary source through Jesus Christ. It's not through human, not of human invention. So he's making sure they understand that this is not something I made up, nor is it something that somebody else came up with. This is direct revelation from the Lord. Um, those of you who have done uh, research, you know how important it is to get things from a primary source. Uh, well, that's what pretty much what Paul is saying. I got it from the primary source, right from the one who uh, wrote it, said it, owns it. Um, and so it's, it's that kind of uh, authority when he's, when he's speaking, he's speaking in the authority of the Lord. And so I want to run down, just start to, I only have a couple minutes before we'll uh, kind of wrap up, but he starts to go through his testimony. Um, and some of it, again, we know one former persecutor of the church. And he mentioned that already, that they glorified the Lord as a result of his ministry. Um, avid adherent to Judaism, and he says this in Philippians chapter three, where he goes through uh, tribe of Benjamin, etc. cetera. Uh, so he was zealous for the Lord. Then he talks about his conversion. So let me see what verse that is. Where he says, set mm -hmm. apart from the womb. Verse 15. Okay, here it is. Verse 15. So this is, again, the hand of God set apart. God had his hand on Paul's life. Paul is saying that okay, this is the, the power of what God is doing. Set apart from the womb. 
that says that can say a whole lot right there of what God is doing, what God is was planning, or how precious life is, and what what God may have in store. So set apart from the womb, going back to the plan of God. Called by God's grace. And we already talked about the calling, uh, Paul's calling to know the Lord. And what was his calling to do? To preach to the Gentiles. So now there's there's kind of what he called, kind of gives us a chronology of events. Um, so and I, I put this under the category his qualifica qualifications. Um, so what does he say? He spent time where in Arabia, right? The desert. He had his desert experience. Did not consult with flesh and blood. Did not consult with the apostles. Why is he going through all that? He's establishing um, his qualification, his calling, uh, his apostleship. And then he returned to Damascus. How long did he stay in Damascus? 15 days. Let's go back to verse 18. Oh. Oh, three, three years. years. Three years. Three years. To stay yeah, with so secrets for 15 days. Went to, to Jerusalem. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So after three years, I went to Jerusalem. Wow. So he's spent some time in the desert. He and then he goes to Jerusalem. Why is that important? Because basically he's saying, I didn't get this from those that he would call, uh, those that are, are the apostles, those that were leaders of the church. So he wants to make sure that my qualification is not based on what I heard from the apostles. Qualifications, again, goes back to uh, what God has revealed uh, to me in my life through this direct revelation. So he met with Peter, spent 15 days. That's where that 15 days comes in. He spent 15 days with Peter. Oh, I wish we had um, a video of that, that meeting between Paul and Peter. What would it have been like? What kind of questions? You think that, Paul had of Peter. After all, you think that Peter may have shared his testimony? You know what happens when the saints of God get together and you start th talking about the I just kind of, this is just kind of how I think. I just kind of wonder what was the, for 15 days, they were breaking bread together. Peter was talking about all that he went through. Yo, bro. I walked on water. Well, I'm not sure if he said it quite like that, but just kind of retelling the story, what God had done in his life. This is this, this, this living with the Lord for three years, recounting the Sermon on the, on the Mount, talking about that for, for 15 days. 
Then he met with James, the Lord's brother. Remember, this is not uh, the James of James and John. This is James, the Lord's brother. But none of the other apostles, again, establishing this is this. I didn't get this from the other apostles. And then he went on to Syria and Cilicia. And then he says, unknown by sight to them, but they accepted him uh, into the family of the Lord. They were excited because of what God had done um, because of this once persecutor is now proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. So he's a, he is establishing or established uh, his relationship with the calling, where he has been, the steps that he took. And, and I want you to realize, because often we think about Paul, his conversion, and then he preached. You see the time, the chronology, three years where he spent one place, then 15 days. So it just wasn't this overnight thing that all of a sudden, but he spent time alone or in the desert. And I don't know what that was like, but he spent time in the presence of God, receiving the revelation of what he was to do and the proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ and his calling to the Gentiles. Whew. So now that we've established Paul as apostle, the gospel and its imperative, we're going to get next week. I didn't think we'd get through those verses, but we'll start next week at chapter two. Um, and we'll see some more of the timeline of what Paul um, is doing. So next week, Galatians chapter two. Um, and again, I said in the beginning, I encourage you to read the entire letter because when you read the entire letter, you'll, you'll hear certain themes come up over and over again. So that's, that's important. Um, and, and I'll just kind of tell you my own impressions at this point. Um, one of the things that kind of surprised me um, is how much the, the role of the Holy Spirit is mentioned in Galatians. So as you read, just kind of look for that. And you'll find some others, but um, just read the letter and you'll be, um, and pray that the Lord will speak to your heart as you read through the letter. Amen? Amen. Amen. So next week, uh, Galatians chapter two. Um, and I pray that the Lord will continue to allow us to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Let's pray together. Um, I will I will close in prayer today, but uh, what before we do, if there are any prayer requests that we want to lift up before the Lord. Pastor, yes. In prayer, I got uh, three doctors' appointment coming the next three weeks. So keep me in prayer. Okay. 
I would request that we pray for those who are dealing with chronic pain. Yes. That they get relief. Yes. Yes. Any other prayer concerns? Praise reports. What has God been doing? I would just like to um, praise God for uh, our improving health. Robert and I uh, went to his doctor on uh, Monday and got a really good report. So thank Amen. God for that. Yes, yes. he is the first one. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yep. Prayer for the um, students who got uh, the killing in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And pray that this new virus doesn't dominate the United States. Yes. Yeah, I, you know, as we pray, thank you, uh, Deacon Farrell, for bringing that up. You know, we have. You know, been praying uh, for you know the relief and the, uh, that God will intervene uh, with COVID, and, and I just want to pause there because this is this is serious. Um, Very serious. You know, we sometimes we, you know we want we want to make it through this, and sometimes we uh, we act as if it's all gone, but as we have seen, it's it's still underlying and um, we just don't know how and I'm, I'm not and I don't want us to live in fear because God has not given us the spirit of fear but at the same time we need to uh, be wise in how we protect ourselves and protect others um, don't uh, drop your guard um, because it's it's still there so let's pray for one another in that regard um, so um and during the season, remember, this is, you know, typically it's a season of giving and just to remember of, um, that it's not only about ourselves, what we want, but how can we be a blessing to others during this season? Let us pray for civility, more civility in this world, in this country, really. Uh, we're seeing politicians fighting one another. I've never seen Congress Let's pray for people. Well, let's, let's, let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Um, and it is ever settled in heaven. Um, Lord, help us to hold fast to the truth of the gospel, proclaiming you as uh, the risen Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you um, came and, and bore our sins. You um, came to rescue us and deliver us. Uh, we, we talked already about some of the evil that's in the world, and we see it in the shooting in Michigan. Uh, we, we pray for um, the students, the families, um, all those that are involved. We thank you, Lord, right now just for um, 
your your presence and we, we pray for reform um not only there but around our nation and how we review how we view things when it comes to uh weaponry and, and all that so lord we just lift that up to mm. you uh, so we pray uh, for our uh, politicians and those in leadership positions uh, that we might live in peace. You told us to pray for those that are in authority. Uh, we pray, Lord, as they are in authority, uh, that we could walk in, uh, <clears throat> be about justice and treating people fairly uh, because this is your heart. So, yeah. Father, we thank you, Lord, uh, for those that are serving. Um, yes. Lord, give them a heart to continue to serve, yes. respect one another and ultimately realizing that you set up and established kingdoms and authority, and may the uh, Lord do the right thing. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the good reports of health, um, but also the, uh, those that are facing challenges with health, yes. whether it's because of COVID, cr chronic pain, yes. um, or impending appointments or procedures or surgeries. Lord, you are a God that is a healer, you are a God that is a sustainer. You are a, a God who cares about our every situation. Father, we pray continually for caregivers and those yes. that are caring for loved ones. Uh, we pray for those that are going through a period of grieving and mourning. Yes. Um, Lord, during this uh, time of uh, Thanksgiving and the holiday time, Lord, we ask you to be a comforter. Uh, to them. We pray, Lord, for the body of Christ. In particular, we pray for Christian Faith Baptist Church, Lord, that we would be a church that loves you and loves one another. Yes. Lord, that yes. we would uh, uh, not only love and demonstrate that through un unity, serving one another, and in all things giving you glory. Help yes. us to be that city set on a hill that we may proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, we ask you to uh, be with us this night as we depart um, and we uh, just rest in you. And Lord, we thank you for your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Night. Thank you. Have a good night. Have a good night.